coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. No animals were harmed during the production of this show, and the host does his own stunts. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 5 of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I am your host, Brian Levine, for our weekly foray into the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining Pipes Magazine radio show coming to you from the smoke-filled recording studio here at my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Let me tell you, I'm finally rested up from the uh, Richmond Core Show weekend had a great weekend here at home, got to go to the races, just a ball, and I'm rearing and ready to go to Las Vegas coming up the first weekend in November. Hope to see you all there. In today's show, pipe parts. I'm going to get into shapes, talk about the shapes, different kinds of shapes. Got a couple of suggestions, on, a couple of questions of that on the uh, forums recently, so I thought I'd cover pipe shapes and talk about that. An interview that is going to blow your mind. We're going to use all kinds of technology to pull this one off, and I hope it works well, but you're just going to have to stick in a little bit and hear this interview and see what see what you think. Hope I can pull it off. Music coming up. Mailbag at the end of the show. I'll respond to a couple of articles on uh, PipesMagazine.com. The rant at the end of the show, and I want to say a special thank you to my uh, friends and colleagues at SmokingPipes.com for coming on board with us. Hang on, this is going to be a great show. It's going to get a little crazy here. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. I'm going to warn you right now, we're going to get highly opinionated. However, I am the leading expert on my own opinion, and here it goes. This segment from this part forward is going to be referred to as pipe parts. We're going to talk about parts of our hobby that we love in this segment. So, what you are about to hear is just one person's opinion. Some of it's fact-based, but... As a famous man once said, Mongo only pawn in game of life. Mongo will be missed dearly, but in this game, I've got a little bit of skin in it, so here it goes. Pipe shapes mostly depend on the bowl. Alright, we can agree that the stem can either be straight or bent. The basic shapes of the bowl are as follows. A billiard is a straight up and down perpendicular bowl. We can agree on that. An apple is a billiard that might be a little shorter but is rounded at the top and possibly rounded at the bottom to create the shape of an apple. When we get into a bowl that flares out as it goes up, now we're talking about a Dublin. You'll see bent Dublins, bent billiards, bent apples, semi-bent, quarter-bent, eighth-bent. They all depend on the degree of bent in the shape. On a billiard apple or on any pipe, you're going to see two basic types of stems. A taper, which goes from the mortise or the shank 
and tapers down slowly as it gets to the button, the very tip of the stem. A saddle bit is going to be a pipe that has a dramatic step down in it. It comes right off the shank, stays even, 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 and then drops down to what would be a thin, comfortable a thin, comfortable bit to put into your mouth. Some of the other shapes depend on the factory that makes them. When you start looking at egg shapes or brandies, it depends on the stylings of those. I think they're somewhat, uh, somewhat based on your own perspective of what you or, or how you interpret or how the manufacturer interprets the bowl. Now, there are some very specific shapes, and this is where the uh, impetus for this pipe parts segment came up. Lord of the Pipe Rings, looking forward to seeing you in Vegas, and the difference between a bulldog and a Rhodesian is a bulldog is a bowl that's got the two rings around it. It has to have a diamond shank that follows into a diamond-shaped stem. If it doesn't have a diamond shank and a diamond-shaped stem, it is a Rhodesian. A Rhodesian is simply a bulldog that doesn't have the diamond to it. If the diamond is expanded or not a true diamond shape, I don't want to call it a bulldog. Some people might call it a cobra because it looks like the snake. Either way, it's not the true definition of a bulldog. Another pipe that gets confused is the Canadian. And I work for the Canadian, so this is really simple. A Canadian is at least six inches long from bowl to stem. It is a long shanked pipe with a short stem, and the shank must be oval. If the shank is not oval and it's long, it's a lumberman. Again, a Canadian pipe must have an oval shank to it. If it's a oval shank and it's under six inches, or if it's a any other any other shank and it's under six inches, it becomes a lavat, which is again a pipe that has a longer shank and shorter bit. The Liverpool gets confused into that group somehow. And again, the Liverpool might just be a shorter, oval-shanked Canadian that wasn't long enough to make a Canadian out of. Some of the other styles that are, I think are highly particular, the cherry wood or the poker. Cherry wood is just a canted or bent version of the poker. The bottom of the bowl of a cherry wood is going to be cut at an angle. A poker, in order for it to be a poker, it must be a true flat bottom. Sometimes you'll see on pokers, they'll call it a flat bottom poker where the shank comes directly out of the bottom of the bowl. Those are super hard to engineer. Some of the other shapes that have come into style recently, the blowfish, the volcano, you'll see sometimes a pipe referred to as a tomahawk. A volcano is a dramatically uh, reversed Dublin where the bowl starts out wide at the bottom and narrows all the way towards the top. The blowfish is highly stylized. Each, Each maker is going to have a slightly different variation of 
the blowfish, but it tends to have a line that swirls around the front of the bowl to resemble what, a, what the blowfish would look like once it puffed up. The tomahawk or the pickaxe, sometimes also referred to as a standard uh, Danish-style freehand pipe, has a narrow bottom, a broad top to it, looks like an axe shape or looks like a, uh, like a blade shape. Maybe a little freeform up on the top, maybe not. If it's all freeform, maybe it's just a true freehand style of a Danish pipe. The calabash is a version of the Dublin that has been adopted to Briar. Originally, the calabashes were all gourd-made calabashes where the pipe, the bowl of the pipe comes up at an angle and then the very top of it mushrooms out. So anytime you see a briar pipe where the sides of the bowls come out slightly as they go up, but then all of a sudden it mushrooms out at the top, we're going to call that a calabash. Cuddy is styled after the old clay pipes, the old original clay pipes of old. You'll see the little knotted foot on the bottom of it that used to be the pour point for when they were molding the pipes. The church warden is another pipe, and this will be today's trivia question. Where did the church warden pipe originate from? I won't give you the answer now. Several other pipes that you'll see, the otter shapes, the umpal is a pipe that has a dramatic bend to it, probably one of the hardest regular shapes to make because you've got to cut the draft hole at that steep angle and then still have the pipe coming up. The cavalier may have a... a a true Cavalier will have a clean-out plug on the bottom of it. Many different variations on shapes that you'll see. A pot is another standard shape that is essentially like the Robusto of the cigar world. It's going to be a billiard or an apple-shaped bowl. However, instead of proportionally coming all the way up, it'll be cut in half. So it'll be a shorter, wider bowl. Several different shapes don't fit into any kind of a format out there. This is just the basics to get everybody going. Got any opinions on it, feel free to post them on the forums. I hope I've answered some of the basics for you there. And again, this is the this is a conversation that it all depends on your perspective, how you feel about it, what you think a pipe looks like. We'll be back in just a minute. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition.
welcome back. Let me finish up with the pipe shapes for just a minute here. The shape of the bowl, the size of the bowl, that does affect the smoking quality or the taste that you get out of your tobacco. So try your tobaccos in different shapes, different sizes of pipes. And the shapes are all highly preferential, I guess. It depends on what you, you know, what you prefer, how you feel like you're more comfortable with a pipe. And at the end of the day, if you really don't know what the shape of the pipe is, call it a half-bent acorn blowfish with a double twist and a half-Nelson. Maybe you'll come up and create a whole new shape. All right, coming up in just a minute, we're going to get producer AJ on the Wayback Machine, fire up the 1.21 gigawatts. Later in the show, again, I'm going to respond to a couple of articles on PipesMagazine.com. Got one mailbag thing. Got a piece of music that is, I think, time perfect for our guest and at the end of the show i'm gonna rant on uh, teenagers or the uh, college age kids in the service industry so producer aj are you ready fire that thing up we're gonna go back in time wait a minute wait a minute doc uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a delorean the way i see it if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? We're not going to use a car. We're going to use the microphone here. We're going to use the Alexander Bell invented device over there. We're going to take 1.21 gigawatts and wind them up. Extreme pleasure to welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, Thomas Edison. Uh, Mr. Edison, do you prefer Mr. Edison, or is Tom okay? I think Tom will be fine, anything. Yes. yeah, I, I, I'm used to a lot of names being called me. <laughs> well, I promise you none of them will be uh, coming from this end. Oh, okay. You might want to drop a few by the time we end up with this. We'll no. save we'll save those for later. All right. Well, go ahead and shoot. I want to first of all thank you for joining us from the past and let you know that this show is a celebration of people who enjoy primarily pipes and pipe tobacco, but yet also will smoke an occasional cigar, which I understand you are quite a uh, consumer of cigars. I, I was just, just going to tell you, I, I don't know that occasional would, would fit myself. I, I've been known to smoke um, continually for days. But, um, yes, I, I must admit that I have um, consumed a great deal of um, um, cigars. Is there, a, uh, is there a cigar that's your... I'm sorry? I, well, I was just going to say that I, you know, I, I don't have anything really against pipes. I smoke one every once in a while. A lot of my men smoke pipes, but um, I find, you know, I don't. It, it takes too much time, and uh, I just uh, stay with a cigar most of the time. Is there a cigar that's your particular favorite? Absolutely not. You don't. I have. I probably most. Uh, I, I'm. I have very little discretion when it comes to, uh, to to cigars. Although there have been times in my life where I have been order, ordering some very fine cigars, and uh, but um, for the most 
smoke what I've got, and um, I might smoke the same cigar yesterday, that today that I was smoking yesterday that I put in an ashtray, and um, there's still a little bit left in it. So I, I don't have anything that uh, you know that resembles even a humidor. Do you feel that the cigar helps you problem solve or troubleshoot when you're working on an invention? I'm I'm not so sure. I um I I usually I spend a lot of time. I've told people this for many years that I, I one thing about people I I've found in my years is that most people don't think. You know, I I I'd probably dare to say about five maybe five percent of people think, ten uh, percent think they think, and about. The other 85 would rather die than think. And I, I spend a great time alone. I, I believe that uh, the greatest uh, decisions are, are made in solitude. Behind, uh, generally, if possible, behind closed doors. Uh, I spend a lot of time with Mr. Edison. And I attribute that to probably most all of my success. That and being deaf doesn't hurt anything, too, to concentrate. But uh, I can't say that I've always, uh, I light up a cigar and lean back in my chair. At, at, at home, I've got a nice nice leather chair in our, in our den there in Llewellyn Park, Glenwood. Uh, but um, work day... I, I I don't know. I know a lot of pipe smokers attribute that, and I think it, uh, there's something to that. Uh, but um, but generally, uh, in fact, I'll tell you a problem that we've had. And at Menlo, I I generally had a cigar most of the time, and uh, I'd be leaning over my men, looking at what they were doing. And um, uh, my men often complained about the ashes on their shoulders. Uh, so I, 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 my mind is going uh, at, a, at a high rate of speed when I'm smoking a cigar. So I, I can't really attribute it to great thinking. But um, I, I do enjoy a cigar, and um, maybe that's a lot, of, a lot of mystery behind. I don't know why I... Uh, why I latched on to cigars in such a way, but um, uh, it, it has become with me I pretty much uh, an addiction. But um, nothing that I am uh, too worried about. I have, over the years, I have uh, suffered from dys- dyspepsia. Um, and um, I... <laughs> I I think you know I in fact I made an entry into a diary at one time I didn't keep a diary very much, although we kept copious notes of every every experiment for as long as I was uh, experimenting. But um, but as far as my thoughts put down on paper, there was a short time I did that, and uh, I did write quite a bit one entry about that. I'm uh, dyspepsia is something that. Uh, uh, some people call it heartburn. I ah, thank don't you. Know exactly what it is, but um, uh, you, I guess you hadn't heard that word. Is that no? <laughs> I, I was going to find a dictionary. Well, you probably won't even find it in there. Probably in, in your day and age, 
Well, um, but, um, yeah, I, in that same entry, I, I remember um, uh, thinking about that. Now, uh, this was a time when um, I was, um, my, my first wife had passed away, and I had met a young lady by the name of Sarah Miller. And Sarah was a very cultured lady, and um, I was probably uh, of a mind at that time. I, I guess you could say that, well, I, no question, I was in love. And Sarah was quite a few years younger than me, and her father was a very sophisticated man, a religious man. He's the man who started uh, up in uh, north, uh, upstate New York, a little place called Chautauqua. His, this uh, daughter of his was a fine pianist and a young lady, and I um, made an entry, uh, I think, the day or two before that, that, uh, that I had been hit, almost hit by a streetcar. Uh, I was uh, thinking and dreaming of, uh, of Mina, and uh, not yeah, Mina, I said Sarah. I, um, Sarah's a great-grandniece of Mina's, and um, I... Um, entered there and I said that I'm beginning I think to have a Havana curved upper lip from smoking too much in the way of cigars um, but uh, other than that I haven't uh, I haven't found the need of any uh, going to any anyone and, and uh, confessing that I <laughs> smoke cigars I, I make no secret of it with that, we will take a break because, unfortunately, now recordings have become commonplace to have a commercial or a sponsored segment in between them. And we will take a break, and I hope you can stay with us for a little bit longer. Well, I had a few commercial breaks in my day. Oh. I understand. I'll, I'll be here. This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. We are back, and I am pleased to be speaking with the one and only Thomas Edison. So, on on your walks with the cigar, on the front porch with the cigar, were you always thinking of something? Were you always working on some idea? I'm always working on something. 
Um, it's, it's Brian, right? Yes. Brian, I, 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 I'm never without um, an idea. And, and, um, and usually uh, projects I've got, I'm never comfortable unless I've got at least six to eight going at all times. And so, yes, I would say that I'm, I'm thinking and my mind never stops. Um, this is one of the problems I never uh, achieved too much education in formal school. I only went to school three months. My education came between the ages of seven and 12 by my mother and my father. But my mother had been a school teacher and homeschooled me. And, um, and my mind goes to and fro. And I drove the... The uh, headmaster in a little school went too crazy, and he got to the point where he thought I couldn't learn, but um, I couldn't focus in school. Um, but um, I'm always thinking about something, and my mind can be um, at great distances away. I try not to have it get not much, too much below three or four feet off the ground, and no more than, uh, let's say, the height of the Himalayas. Is there any advice that you give to, uh, that you give to children? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I think a great deal of children. I've had six. Um, a story comes to mind. I uh, once had a lady walk up to me at a function, and she had in tow a young lad. She came up to me and asked me something I had never, ever been asked before, uh, request and um, she said, "Mr. Mr. Edison, would you would you give my young son a motto?" I thought, "Well, a motto. What would I give a child? Is probably six, seven years old." And I, the first thing that came to my mind was, um, I, and I and I gave him this motto. What he ever did with it, I don't know. But I said, "Don't ever look at the clock." I never had a clock in my workroom. I don't believe in, in the clock and then restricting uh, your your mind and your imagination, your creativity, um, your curiosity at uh, when the when a whistle blows and uh, to to, um, to to stop when uh, when your your body mind tells you to stop and. Uh, but uh, that might have been a little uh, on the heavy side for that child to endure. I don't know. <laughs> I always said, and I still say, that uh, the youth, um, we're too hard on them. Uh, that uh, but I think each generation brings on a better and brighter, uh, and there's more hope in our future, I think, with every generation. have uh, always contended that... Um, after a man is 21 years old, or even between about 16 and 21, it's, um, if he hasn't um, had that that mind um, expanded and, and elastic, as I say, uh, from real thinking and and staying curious and learning the learning how to observe, um, then um, then that that that's. Uh, certainly going to set that that person same way the rest of their life. They probably will never ever change. And I I sought to hire men that um, that still had that. Uh, if you 
I don't know the, the term, uh, but keeping uh, keeping the child alive. I I've always said if you never grow up, you'll never grow old. Someone asked me one time, said, "Mr. Edison, when do you plan on retiring?" <laughs> I said, "Well, uh, I I suppose three four days before the funeral." I want to thank you for your time. You've been most generous. I do want to spend a moment talking to your friend and my friend and the one who is able to make this interview possible, my friend Frank Atwood, who is a current-day person. Uh, Frank, if you're there, uh, Frank and I met over the telephone because we are both uh, pipe smokers. It's good to be with you, Brian. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to bring Mr. Addison to your audience, made up of folks that uh, enjoy a good smoke, and I certainly do. I'm third generation, at least in my family, that smokes a pipe, and uh, delighted to be with you. One of my favorite quotes from from Thomas Edison, Our schools are not teaching students to think. It is astonishing how many young people have difficulty in putting their brains definitely and systematically to work. What I enjoy most about what you're doing as uh, Frank Atwood is you actually perform one-man shows as Thomas Edison, and you have programs for both, for all school ages, and make sure and tell them where I saw you last March. Yeah. Well, that that was interesting. I, you know, as you know, uh, I had d- discovered uh, your company that uh, you had worked for, um, uh, smokingpipes.com, and um, uh, we did business. You ended up buying, you know, some twenty of my pipes, and uh, and and so the first time you and I talked, I timed it. It was on my cell, and it was over two hours. And I want to make sure that everybody knows, and this is not a shameless plug for my own Facebook page, but one of the pipes that Frank sold us was a rusticated apple from Walt Disney World, and it is on my uh, Disney Tabacchiana collection uh, Facebook page as part of my permanent collection. Yeah, I I always wondered about that. I I really didn't care for that pipe. Uh, Most of them I sold you I didn't care for. and uh, they were really a lot of free hands in there, and but they were I I I just uh, didn't care for that. But I wish I would have never given that to you. You know, I darn. We've only got a few more minutes. Please make sure and tell everybody. I want the audience to understand what it is you do as performing as Thomas Edison. Well, what I do, I try to bring the character to life. I've studied Edison a great deal of my whole life. I he became my hero at the age of six when my dad took me to Greenfield Village and I saw the, the what Henry Ford had done by taking Edison's lab up there uh, piece by piece and, and uh, put the whole thing together. So that's, that's still there. It made an impression on me, and later I got a book, uh, probably when I was in the second grade, and I did book reports, I think, all the way through high school on the same book. <laughs> but... Uh, Throughout my business career, I used a lot of Edison quotes. I've always been in awe. I always thought, how in the world can one man do all this? And uh, and so I started acting professionally in the early 90s. And here in Orlando, we were supposed to have been what everybody was calling Hollywood East. Uh, and I did do quite a bit of work in the mid-90s, did a lot of TV, 
uh, industrial films and a couple of couple films and uh, a lot of um, uh, independent films and things. I never, being an entrepreneur for you know over three decades as I have, I, I, I'm you know pretty proactive, and that was too reactive. Waiting on an agent to call, and I always wanted to do something myself. And I wanted to inspire and educate as well as act. Um, never did get into just taking anything from my agent. I always wanted to know kind of the purpose and, you know, what the what the moral value was and stuff like that. And so it sometimes ticked her off. And But, I, I you know, I didn't get into it to be an actor, to go to Hollywood or New York or anything else. I, I had to be really to be a better public speaker. I was doing a lot of speaking at that time. And uh, most of the speeches that I give now, I give a lot of keynotes to uh, sometimes big corporations, a lot of universities, uh, a lot of nonprofits, uh, as a speaker. Uh, and but I do it in character as Thomas Edison, and he's got a whole lot more to say than I do. <laughs> you know? And uh, and so I I, I tend to to uh, I, the young kids probably third fourth grade would be the earliest. Um, all the way up to Centurions. I do a lot of retirement communities. You can imagine living in Florida. South Florida is loaded with them. Some of the most incredible people, some of the most famous people in the world, scientists, uh, Nobel laureates, uh, people that I've met. It just, it's amazing who lived down here. And uh, they appreciate uh, this. But, but I'm also, what I'm, what I'm doing now is, is primarily in the area of what's called an Education Today STEM, S-T-E-M. And that is to get our youth really excited about science, mathematics, engineering. Um, and uh, so I've been involved in that. And through that, uh, I met you face-to-face -face because I was about to do the uh, second annual USA Science and Engineering Festival in Washington, D.C. And they asked me to come up a couple weeks early and uh, be with uh, Ben Franklin. And we uh, were in the parade. Uh, the 100th Annual Cherry Blossom Parade in Washington, D.C., and when we ended up <laughs> in, the, in front of the White House on Constitution, there was this guy that came out of the crowd and said, Frank, and it was Brian. <laughs> the first time we met eyeball to eyeball. And, and uh, there we were, two, two guys with pipes standing in Washington, D.C., there you go. Well, I didn't have a pipe in my mouth in the parade, but I soon uh, pulled my old pipe out of my pocket, uh, and you and I had a pipe together. That, that was a treasure. It really was. It was a lot of fun. Frank, I want to thank you. Uh, well. If you get a chance, please uh, thank Mr. Edison for his time, and we will be back in just a moment. From San Francisco comes Right a Roni, the San Francisco treat. Right a Roni, the flavor can't be beat. One pan, no boiling cooking ease. A flavor that is sure to please. Right a Roni, the San Francisco treat. Rice a Roni, the delicious break from potatoes. Now in six fabulous flavors. One pan, no boiling cooking ease. A flavor that is sure to please. Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Hi, this is Matt Gus from the Seattle Pipe Club, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. We are back live on the internet in 2012. Uh, Frank Atwood is a perfect example to me of the unique and diverse 
people that you meet in this hobby, and we are all connected by the enjoying of the pipe. To learn more about Frank, check out his website. It's Atwood, A-T-T-W-O-O-D, as Edison.com, Atwood as Edison.com, or you can find him on Facebook. He's the only Frank Atwood in the state of Florida. Coming up, mailbag, rant, want to make sure and mention West Coast Pipe Show, first weekend in November at the Palace Station Hotel. I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. Follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine, and keep posting all those comments on the forums. I do enjoy them. Got any suggestions? Got any unique friends in the hobby that you'd like to see on the show? Let me know. Post them in the forums. I'll take a look at all of them. If you get a chance, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate the show and leave a review for it on iTunes. That helps get the word out. Got a little musical piece that's a little uh, timely and apropos for having a uh, turn-of-the-century fella on the show. A little Scott Joplin for you.
got mail. You bastards! What other show goes from Scott Joplin to South Park that quick? All right, let's get through the mailbag pretty quick. Greg Pease, Rice-A-Roni was just for you. Read your article, Have Your Cake. I love how you slowly, patiently go through all the steps with the pipe and you get so excited and you prolong the lighting and all that. I, on the other hand, have already admired the pipe. I bought it, hell, so I'm just going to shove some tobacco in it, fire it up, and get it going as quick as I can and enjoy that sucker. Everybody, listen to me, everybody on this forum needs to read Rick Newcomb's Mail It in One Piece, please. Kevin, God be keep it, keep an eye on the count on that article. I want to make sure that everybody's read that, so everybody on the forum should read that. Kevin's going to report back to me. If you haven't read it, I don't want to hear from you. Read about shipping a pipe with the stem in the shank that is a great article and everybody that ships a pipe or mails a pipe needs to know about that over the past week heard from a listener in denmark and heard from a listener in australia so we're adding some more countries adding a new continent if you consider australia to be its own continent uh i think i may do a rant coming up about what's happening in australia Tobacco law-wise, that would be a good one because that's a harbinger of what's going to happen here if we don't step up and stop it. Guess what, everybody? We're coming to the end of the show, and it's almost rant time. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is the longest, fastest 45 minutes of my week, and I look forward to it every time. All right, so I'm not a foodie. I'm not one of those gourmets. I don't look forward to big, fancy meals every night. I spend a lot of time eating at fast food restaurants, and I don't want to hear it from the health food critics. I know, I know, I know. I also spend a lot of time at Applebee's and Chili's and those types of restaurants. And let me tell you, kids of today, people that work in these restaurants... No problem is not an answer to a request from a customer. I don't care if it's a problem or not. It's your job. Get the food for me. Place the order for me. That's what I want. No problem is not an answer. 
Sure is not an answer. It isn't an answer to anything. Don't tell me sure. I want you to say yes, okay, thank you, whatever it is. Especially at a drive through window, I love it. I One of these days I'm gonna do this. I'm going to stop at the drive through when they hand me the bag of food, I'm gonna sit there and wait for them to say thank you. How many times have you pulled up to the drive through and they just sit there and stare at you like you're supposed to say thank you to them for them handing you the food that you just bought from the place that's employing them? Well, from now on, I think I'm going to sit at the drive through window and sit there and wait until they say thank you. And when they come back to me and look at me cross-eyed like deer in the headlights, like, what do you want? I'm just going to tell you I'm waiting for you to say thank you to me. The service industry, if you don't like the jobs in it, I can understand that, but at least be pleasant to the customers. It makes your day go by a whole lot faster, makes our days a whole lot more pleasant when we go to these places. Use the proper grammar, for Christ's sake. No problem is not an answer to anything. All right, I feel better now. I'm going to sit back, relax, and have a bowl. Next week's show, Eric Stokeby will be here in the office with me live on the air, and I told him no shots of Aquavit until after we're off the air. Want to say thank you, especially to SmokingPipes.com. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny Okay, thanks for listening. It's the end of the show. Okay, seriously, that's the end of the show. Okay, you can push stop now. The show's over. I'm not kidding. There's nothing else coming after this. The the show's over. You can push stop now. The show's done. Kevin, do I get overtime for this? Because they won't push stop yet. Did you push stop yet? I'm serious. There's nothing else coming until next week. The show's over. Okay, go ahead. Turn off the player. Thanks for listening, but there's nothing else coming. The show's over. Push stop now. Come on, just push stop so I can light up my pipe and relax. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. I give up.